Today, we preview one of the best rotations of Major League Baseball. And the best part, it belongs to our Seattle Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. This is Tidying Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. On the show today, we begin our position preview series with a look at the Mariners starting rotation because guess what? We're about nine days away from opening day. So we're getting into all of this good stuff. We're going to be looking at George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, Marco Gonzalez, that number five spot in the rotation as a whole, of course. Uh, But let's start here, Colby. Robbie Ray, Luis Castillo. The Mariners have added these guys over the last 15-ish months. Ray, an offseason ago. Castillo at this uh, past year's trade deadline. And Castillo is coming off of an incredible season overall, an incredible second half after making his way to Seattle. Obviously, he had the big performance in Game 1 of the AL Wildcard Series against the Toronto Blue Jays. Another really nice start against the Astros and the ALDS as well. Overall on the season for Castillo, he struck out 10 guys exactly per nine, sported a 2.69 walks per nine, 2.99 ERA, 3.07 FIP, 323 XFIP was worth 3.7 F4 and 150 innings pitched. What are your expectations for Cassio going into his first full season as the Mariners ace? Yeah, I think it's I think it's important for Mariners fans not to take, you know, playoff Luis Castillo and just assume that that's who this guy is going to be. Um it just seems unfair because he was so good in the postseason, um, and he's really good for, I mean, essentially the entire stretch run, uh, minus like three starts all against the A's of all teams. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know you should have high expectations, but I don't think it's fair to put you know the playoff Luis Castillo expectations on Luis Castillo for an entire season. Uh, there's going to be some ups and downs. Obviously there's going to be ups and downs with every single pitcher, uh, even the elite guys like Verlander and Scherzer and, and Castillo's not, not that he's not that type of guy, uh, or at least he hasn't been yet. Maybe he gets there for a year or two, but he hasn't yet. Uh, he's just a tier below those guys, but he's still a very good starter. I think you should expect, you know, 25 to 30 starts. He's going to give you 150 to 180 innings probably going to strike out more than a batter per nine. He'll keep the walks manageable. Um, And I I think for the most part, he's going to give you a shot against anybody you face. He can go toe-to-toe with Garrett Cole. We saw him do it. He can go toe-to-toe with Verlander or or Scherzer or DeGrom, assuming DeGrom's ever healthy. He can go toe-to-toe with these guys. So while he's not quite on their level, he is just a tier below, and on any given day, he can match what they can do and then some. So the Mariners have themselves a legitimate, you know, high-end number two, maybe even a one. Uh, I would, I would, you know, stop short of calling him an ace, but he is the Mariners' ace, mm-hmm. uh, and he is absolutely going to get the opening day start. Uh, there's been some concerns about his velocity in spring training. It's been, you know, 92, 93, um, a little 94 mixed in. Um, and at the end of last year, we know he was 97, 98, 99, even 100 a couple times. Um, I don't think Luis Castillo needs that to be incredibly effective. The fastball is still a really good pitch. 
the angle on it is is extreme. The movement on it is extreme. He has pretty good command of it. Uh, we know what the slider can be. Uh, and I, I think we might see him throw the change up a little bit more. He kind of ditched it when he came to Seattle. Um, there's some theories on that, but that was a really good pitch. It was, you know, I don't want to say it was Felix Hernandez level, but it was pretty, it was pretty close. It's the closest thing to Felix's changeup that I've seen since, you know, prime mm-hmm. Felix. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that a little bit more, especially early while he's kind of building up and getting the velocity back. Uh, so I think eventually you want to see Castillo 95, 96, 97. Um, but I don't think he has to be early, uh, to get there. I, I think it's just about, you know, kind of building up and getting him on a roll and then unleashing him in, in May, June, July, et cetera. So, uh, he might have a couple rough starts, who knows, but I, I think overall you feel about as good, uh, with Luis Castillo on the mound as you could anybody else uh, aside from, you know, the, the three or four true aces that actually exist in major league baseball right now. Yeah, the really interesting thing for me is that changeup that you mentioned here uh, for Castillo, because historically it's been his best pitch. It's been a pitch that a lot of people have referred to as a true 80-grade offering, uh, and he didn't use it a lot since coming over to Seattle. Now, we had Alex Fast of Pitcherless on the show a couple weeks ago, and he talked about how he doesn't really think that Castillo needs it because of the ballpark and just the way that Castillo has used his other offerings uh, since coming to the Mariners. Uh, but I... I mean, that's a, it's a legit weapon still. Um, you know, I don't know what it looks like now, especially after kind of taking a break away from him. It's not like he didn't throw it at all since coming over to the Mariners, but he did, he definitely did throw it with less frequency. So what does that look like now? That's going to be kind of the interesting thing to see, but, um, yeah, I'm really, uh, to, to say the word interested again, but I, I, I'm really interested to see if he, uh, if he does use it more. Uh, here over the course of 2023 especially in the early going like you mentioned if the velocity isn't necessarily there if it's going to take him a while to get back into the uh the upper 90s um robbie ray is someone that we've been asked about all offseason colby how do you fix robbie ray how does robbie ray fix himself this offseason he's worked on kind of a new you know meal plan new diet um He's worked on a new pitch, a splitter, just like Logan Gilbert, just like a lot of guys around Major League Baseball, a lot of guys in the Mariners uh, organization this offseason. He's clearly in a different mindset, Uh, and and I think it's one that was necessary after a rough postseason that that surely had to take at least a little bit of a mental toll on him, for sure, Uh, especially after a really disappointing start in his old ballpark in Toronto. And then, um, you know, the Jordan Alvarez home run, not to relive that. Uh, Obviously, it was, you know, came in uh, game three of the ALDS in relief late in that game, had a good inning. Hopefully that that gave him a little boost of confidence before his season came to an end. Uh, But I I think we're going to see a revitalized Robbie Ray this year. And I think his his numbers overall for the regular season, as far as that goes, uh, we're a bit overblown. I talked to Alex Fass uh, about this as well, just to to mention that interview again. You guys should go and and listen to that as well. We dive uh, into the Mariners rotation a lot in that interview. But uh, Ray, you know, made all of his starts. He was very healthy, just like the rest of the Mariners rotation. He threw 189 innings. He struck out 10 guys per nine. Walked under three guys per nine, two nine five uh, walks per nine, three seven one ERA, uh, four seventeen FIP, three five eight xFIP. You know, only a one point eight f four. That's not great. It, it certainly was a, 
I mean, depending on where your expectations were with Ray and, you know, last season heading into last year, we said, you know, this is probably not going to be a Cy Young contender and Robbie Ray after he won a Cy Young, but it still was a little bit of a disappointing season in terms of as far as defending Cy Young campaigns go. Uh, but what do you think about Ray heading into 2023? Where's your mind at with him? Sure. Um, because this is the fourth time we've recorded this, Ty knows what I, the bomb I'm about to drop, but act surprised. Right. It'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're doing bold predictions in mm. uh, about a week. I, I think um, we'll, we'll mix in some bold, maybe we'll mix in bold predictions later this week. But uh, one of my bold predictions is likely going to be that Robbie Ray will have a better season this year than he did in his Cy Young campaign. I am all in on Robbie Ray this year. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, Ty talked about, again, obviously the diet plan, and he does look, you know, a noticeably svelte, sveltier. Um, I, I mean, but when you wear like sure, it, two it's, sizes, it's hard. two small pants and right, two right, sizes, right. two small jerseys, but, like. <laughs> right. So maybe he didn't, but whatever. Robbie Ray clearly made an effort to be in better shape, to uh, eat better and, and do all that stuff. And one of the things that, may or may not be a result of, of all the hard work he put in. He's coming to spring training and he's throwing hard. Uh, we've seen a lot of 94, 95, even some 96s. The slider's been sharp. He's been striking out a lot of guys in, in spring training. Um, and there's a couple things we know about Robbie Ray, the pitcher. One, the guy posts. He goes out there every five days. He gives you innings. And number two, he strikes guys out. Uh, and he's done both of those. He did both of those things last year, even in a down year for the Mariners. Mm. And a large part of that is because he just really didn't have the fastball value that he needed to. He was 91, 92, 93 most of the year. Mm -hmm. Really very rarely touched 95. Um, but the slider was really good for most of the time. But when it did flatten out, and as it's prone to do, he didn't have the fastball to fall back on. So he didn't have that second pitch. Uh, to kind of, you know, survive. And and to his credit, you know, we saw Robbie really struggle early last year. Uh, he found a way around it to kind of help. He he started using the two-seamer a little bit. And then he really, once he found the slider, uh, it was a lethal pitch for him. And that's what allowed him to be really a very good pitcher for about four or five months out of the season. It's just, unfortunately, the beginning was a little bit rough. The end was pretty rough. And that's kind of everything that got sandwiched in between kind of gets forgotten. But Robbie Ray, for a good four-month period, was a legit number two starter. I mean, just mm -hmm. every bit of it. So, um, you know, I, I think we'll see what the new splitter can do for him. But at the end of the day, Robbie Ray is a two-pitch guy. He has to have the slider, and he has to have the fastball. That's his bread and butter. It's what allowed him to be the most effective strikeout artist in MLB history, per case per nine, by a starter um, up until last year. It's the fastball slider combo. He's got to back foot that slider against righties. He's got to throw it away against lefties. And he has to have a pitch at the top of the zone mm -hmm. uh, that he can get swings and misses with. And to me, that's the fastball. Uh, and if he can add the splitter against right-handers, uh, it's just another weapon that that could legitimately turn Rave, you know, into a Cy Young contender for the first time in his career uh, because he probably shouldn't have won the Cy Young the year he actually did. I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm glad for him. Mm -hmm. um, but... He, you look at the not, numbers from 2021, it's not a typical Cy Young profile. Right. I think but it's fair I, to say that, yeah. Yeah. I, to me, I think Robbie Ray's on, on pace for another four-win season. I, I'm very optimistic on him. 
it really all comes down to to the fastball and slider like you said um mm. and and it's such a good thing it's it's such a promising thing that the velocity is where it's at right now in spring as compared to last spring and the start of the season because he's not going to find much success if he's 91 92 especially if he's not getting consistent value out of the slider and that's really the key to all of this is getting consistent value out of the slider can he put that thing on the back foot of righties and i think you know i would go as far as to say that you'd be hard pressed to find many pitchers out there who desperately need a splitter or something that breaks away from righties as much as Robbie Ray does. Cause everything goes towards righties. That's yeah. it. Or it's down the, or it's down the pipe. So mm-hmm. getting something in there in his repertoire that can break away from righties is going to be a game changer for him, especially when going against you know right-handed dominant, dominant lineups like the blue Jays and, and the Astros. And obviously the blue Jays have kind of gotten a little bit more lefty uh, over the, this mm-hmm. off season, but still the angels, the angels too, angels too. There, I mean, in general, right, you're going to run into more right-handed hitters than sure. lefties. So that, that's going to be the case for most lineups. But still, it's such a huge need for Robbie. So if this is an actual viable offering that he has, it's a game changer, like I said. Mm-hmm. And so, and and that's why I'm very high on on Ray really turning this thing around and and seeing just an absolute revitalized version of Robbie Ray this year. I, I think, you know, and he's been a guy that, hasn't been afraid to reinvent himself, especially on the fly. Like we saw it last yeah. year when he re-implemented the two-seamer. So uh, I have no concerns about Robbie just kind of staying complacent, right? Sitting on his hands if things get off to a slow start this year, or maybe he hits a bump in the road again or whatever. Uh, but I, I'm pretty high on on his year as a whole uh, as a whole here, and we're going to be getting into that more when we do our predictions and, and whatnot. More on the Mariners starting pitchers in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs as number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Uh, let's get into some of the younger guys. Now this is going to be, I mean, he came up in May of 2021. So I'm going to consider this Logan Gilbert's third full season at the major league level. Um, Last two years, the story, I mean, everyone knows it. The story with him has been, we know the fastball is is great. The extension is elite, but the secondaries have been inconsistent at, at best. He's working on a splitter, but also he had, you know, he has a change up. So it's not, that's not as big of a difference as maybe, or it doesn't make as big of a difference for maybe Gilbert as it would for someone like Robbie Ray. Um We'll get into the the tunneling and, and all that stuff, I'm sure, in a, in a little bit here, but and how that might help Gilbert. But the key for Gilbert overall is getting the secondaries 
consistent finding something that he can lean on outside of the fastball and not just live off the fastball because he has been able to live off the fastball at times he's been able to get away with it in a lot of games but i do have concerns about how long that that is truly sustainable let's get into the uh, overall numbers here for gilbert on the year of course he was the al pitcher of the month in april got off to an amazing start uh, but then kind of you know regressed a bit um had some struggles finding the strike zone, had some struggles, obviously, with with getting um, any sort of efficiency out of his secondaries. Uh, eight four three case per nine. He just hasn't really been a high strikeout guy since making the major leagues. He, he was a high strikeout guy in, in the minors, uh, but that just hasn't really followed him to the major leagues. So eight four three case per nine, two three uh, through to eh, two three eight walks per nine, three two zero ERA, three four six FIP. 378 xfip 32 uh, 3.2 f4 and 185.2 innings pitch made all of his starts just like pretty much everyone else in the uh the Mariners rotation and that's kind of another element that maybe we'll get into if we have time is the the health of all of this but um yeah you know wh- what do you think Gilbert needs to do here in 2023 to to take that next next step is the key to all this just the splitter because for me in order for the Mariners to get where they need to go Gilbert's got to be more than what he's been over the last couple of years. Which feels a little weird from a guy coming off of a 3.4 FIP season. Right. Um, so yeah, for Gilbert, it, it's it's not necessarily just about the splitter. It's about any of the secondaries. Can he have a consistent secondary pitch for a majority of the year? Because so far the answer has been no. We've seen it in flashes. We saw what happened when he went up against the Yankees and he had just fastball slider. He dominated that lineup. You know, uh, I think he's done it against the Red Sox as well. Uh, we've seen what happens when he has the changeup. He can really go to town on, on lefties when he can spot that thing. It's just those two pitches have been so inconsistent with the control. I mean, forget forget command, putting it where you want to. Can you put it near the strike zone? Because there are times where the changeup will end up in the other batter's box four or five times in a row. So it's really about that secondary pitch. And maybe it is the splitter, which is a nice – addition logan gilbert has massive hands that makes it pretty easy to throw the splitter it also tunnels really well with the fastball so you know when pitching ninja does those videos where he simultaneously throws two pitches uh you'll see the fastball and the splitter will come out of the exact same arm slot with the exact same arm speed the fastball will rise or ride and the splitter will tumble as he gets to home plate and and it'll look like the same pitch for essentially the first half Mm-hmm. of the uh, of the flight to home plate and then it will change course uh so the splitter is that weapon if he can throw consistently um you know near the strike zone it really is right. a great pitch for logan gilbert particularly but we can't assume he's going to have that right away we can't assume that he's going to use that in games and it's going to change his entire career around which i mean to be fair, his career is already in a pretty good spot. So it's not like, you know, we're talking about resurrecting his career. We're just talking about taking that next step. Uh, so maybe it is the, maybe it is the splitter to me. If I had to bet on a pitch, it would be the slider. Uh, I think that's kind of the pitch that's more likely he's thrown it more. Uh, he's very familiar with it. And we know Gilbert is a lab guy. He goes in, he, he studies the analytics. He looks at the data. He looks at scouting reports. He understands how to pitch. He's a worker. Um, you know, he's an extremely intelligent pitcher who understands his strengths, his weaknesses and what he needs to work on. Uh, mm-hmm. so I think he'll get there. I think he, I think he could get there. Like I wouldn't be shocked if Gilbert right. took another step forward and he ended up being a number two. 
but it is going to come down to that off-speed pitch. He has to have one. And honestly, I don't really care which one it is. I think like which one profiles best with Gilbert. It's probably the splitter, but because this is the first year throwing it, I don't want to trust it at all. So I think it really right. comes down to the slider uh, or maybe even the curveball, which he's thrown a little bit and it, it does flash, but for the most part, it's more of a get me over steal a strike type of pitch. So I think it's going to be fastball slider for Gilbert. If the splitter comes along, then it could be, you know, look out. It could be all-star Logan Gilbert time. Foolish baseball. Great baseball youtuber Mm -hmm. uh, does these uh, video series every year before the season where he goes over five players he likes five players he dislikes and one of the players that he dislikes for this year is gilbert for all the reasons that we we just mentioned and and i get it right because you can only live off of the fastball so much and he's done a great job of doing that and and getting through that and the numbers have been great like i'm you know like you mentioned he's coming off of a three four you know, FIP season, he was a 3.2 F4 guy last year. He was one of the you know, mo- most valuable pitchers in all of baseball, not just the American League last year. So he's been able to get by with this. I just, I, I do have some concerns about how sustainable that is, uh, especially when you get into the the really, really good lineups of baseball. Uh, you know, and again, if he's going to be a big part of your rotation, uh you're going to need him to to take that next step. You're going to need to be able to trust him going into Houston, which, you know, he had a really good start against Houston in the uh, ALDS. Uh, he's pitched well in big games. You know, he pitched incredibly well in the clinch game. Obviously, that's against the A's, but still, you know, and, and I just, I guess my concerns here is that we're not going to see any growth from Gilbert this year in terms of the the secondaries and i mean that's really what that's tied to is the the development of more consistency with the secondaries but i am concerned that we might not see enough growth out of gilbert to the point where we get to september october and it's like do i trust logan gilbert to not blow up in the postseason to not blow up against the astros so far he hasn't but again i just i i would prefer that not to be a question that we have to ask once we get there i would i would like for him to take that next step, have something else that he can rely on aside from the fastball. He needs it. Ty hates Logan Gilbert confirmed. There, there we go. He's just he's said it right Moore. there. He's my Dylan Moore, obviously. I mean, you uh, guys what, heard it, right? He no. just said that Lo- Logan Gilbert is the number five and that's all he'll ever be like that. Right, right. That feels extreme to me. <laughs> the, uh, the one thing that I will say about Logan, though, do not grow that disgusting goatee again. Don't do it. Thank God you shaved it. Thank you. Thank yes. you for shaving it. Uh, yes, Sir Sir Logan of of Lionheart or whatever he was yeah. going for, uh, Sheriff of Nottingham. Whatever party was auditioning for, he didn't get well, it. That, that was, that's good. That was Walter. It's his Walter White uh, goatee. It was his Heisenberg. Just, yeah. No. Not a great just, look. Not a, not a great no. look. Don't, don't bring it back. Don't bring Some it guys back. can pull it off. You cannot. <laughs> no, no. Full beard. If you if you're gonna do facial yes. hair, full beard. Yep. Full beard. Mm-hmm. Uh there was Zach left, great follow on Twitter. He actually photoshopped a beard on, on Gilbert, I think, last off season. Look. It, it looked good. It looked good. Oh, okay. Like uh, so uh, See, but now the question is can he grow a beard? Yeah. I mean he can grow the goatee. I assume that he can sure. grow it on, yeah, on, his, I mean, on, on the rest of his face. We've know. seen Kelnick try to grow a mustache. So Yeah, yeah. I feel like is. Logan could at least try. Yeah, that was that was a thing. We'll get to another guy yeah. that has a, a very interesting mustache here in a in a bit. But uh, 
Our starting pitching preview for the 2023 Mariners continues in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. And we know you have a favorite bar or puff, so now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to their door. You gotta try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. And what makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they are all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Now back to our show. But uh, let's, let's move on to George Kirby, someone that you and I have sung the praises of. Uh, all off season, but especially over the last like six or so weeks, I mean, we're incredibly high on George Kirby and how could we not be? He's been at the top or near the top of pretty much every pitching metric there is over his first 130 innings of his major league career. 9.21 case per nine this past season, one, five, two walks per nine, just elite command. Some of the best command you'll ever see out of a starting pitcher. Uh, especially with someone that that throws as hard as he does and has as diverse of a repertoire as he does, uh, three three nine ERA, two nine nine FIP, three three xFIP, three 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 xFIP, and a three flat F four for Kirby in his first uh, full season at the major league level. Um, dude's a monster, uh, and obviously, you know the the thing that still lives rent free in my head when I think about George Kirby is that start against the Astros and the Mariners first ever home playoff or first home playoff game in over twenty years um after closing the the big comeback when in his first relief appearance in major in his major league career in Toronto um dude just had one of the most impressive it was short it was short lived you know it wasn't long but he had one of the most impressive, uh, you know, playoff performances that that you could possibly imagine out of a guy his age, out of a guy that that uh, is a rookie, uh, and that's one of the main reasons that I think I messaged you that night or maybe the the day after or something that I was like, you know, it's early, but I I have a feeling that I might end up picking George Kirby as my Cy Young winner uh, when we do our predictions near the uh, start of the season. And uh, spoiler alert for when we do predictions next week that's probably going to be the case uh so colby why why are we so excited about kirby why should fans be just over the moon about what kirby could be in 2023 it's kind of counterintuitive when we talk about why you should be excited uh when i'm going to mention that one of the reasons you should be excited is because kirby has such a high floor right All right we t- typically think of floor as like Oh, that's just what he's going to be, blah, blah, blah. But the ceiling gets people really excited and it should because there is plenty of ceiling left with Kirby, but the floor with Kirby is so high that it's hard to imagine him being anything less than a number three, you know, uh, because of the command, because of the stuff, uh, because of the pitchability, because of the, the brain and, and the, you know, George Kirby's the whole package. He knows how to pitch. He knows how to use his stuff. He's constantly, uh, you know, labbing pitches. He's constantly learning. He's constantly tweaking. He is, he's a really good pitcher of mind, but he also has, you know, 65, 70 grade command, 
the stuff is is all at least above average. Um, and if you can get the off-speed stuff to tick up even a half-grade each, we're talking about a legitimate ace um, in Major League Baseball because this is a guy who misses bats. He doesn't walk, guys. You have to get hits to beat him. Um, and his stuff is so good that you're going to have trouble bunching together hits. So, And because he can stay out of the middle of the plate, you're going to have a hard time hitting home runs mm. off of George Kirby. So uh, Kirby is a guy. He's a really good athlete. He's his like the worst we could, the worst I could possibly imagine George Kirby being assuming health is a mid three ERA guy who strikes out eight and a half, nine per nine. I mean, that's like the worst I can think because we know he's not going to walk anybody. He's not going to let the other team just, you know, get free runs off of him. They have to earn it. And Kirby's stuff is so good. And the command is so good that it's really hard to bunch stuff up against him. So to yeah. me, the floor, the high floor is what makes Kirby so exciting because we know what he is and we know how close he is to the ceiling, which is, in my opinion, for Kirby, it, it legitimately could be an ace. That's what makes him so special, right? Because mm-hmm. usually guys with elite command, they're the ones that, you know, they're, they're 90, 91, they're cherry picking the zone. Mm-hmm. Like that's how they have to, that's how they, they have nibble. to, that's how they have to find efficiency. Mm-hmm. we don't see it's just it's not every day that we see someone that throws as hard as kirby does that again has as diverse of a, of a repertoire as he does with that elite command it's just it's, he's he's different i hate to say it i hate to say this term but he's he's different he's built different <laughs> like it, it's verlander-esque so yeah. could you look at verlander's best years he's walking less than two guys per nine mm-hmm. and it's 98 to 100 and and it, it it's just insane man yeah like if you can throw upper 90s at will wherever you want it whenever you want it like you can even get some run on it some movement yeah. and you also have cons- like secondaries that you can actually consistently rely upon as well mm-hmm. it's game over this again the ceiling for george curry I thought, you know, before we saw him at the major league level, number two, if everything goes goes well, I think now we're talking about George Kirby could be one of the best pitchers in the game mm-hmm. at his best. Wouldn't be shocked. It's pretty. It's it's just a it's a special profile. It really is. I'm really excited to see him this year. Now, we have to move on to uh, something that's not as exciting. Uh, <laughs> the biggest wild card in the Mariners rotation, that number five spot currently it is, uh, held by Marco Gonzalez. We don't expect that to change to pull back the curtain a little bit here. We're recording this on Thursday, the 16th. So hopefully no injuries or anything have occurred. Let's just knock on wood there with, mm-hmm. uh, with all of that. But, uh, for now, Marco's slotted to be the number five. Uh, Chris Flexen uh, to the bullpen for now. Maybe he's gotten traded between the time we're recording this and uh, and this sh- uh, the show airing. But uh, Marco, obviously coming off of a down year, uh, rough year for for Marco, rough last couple of years for Marco. Really, five oh seven Ks per nine, two four six walks per nine, four one three ERA, five oh five FIP. Uh, he was worth just point one F four uh, this past season in one hundred and eighty three innings pitched made all of his starts just like everyone else in the uh the mariners rotation um i'm it's hard to because i i feel bad like let's start here i feel bad 
talking poorly about Marco because he's done a lot of great things for this organization. He's been a leader in the clubhouse, all that. Um, but it's hard not to feel like he's washed at this point. And the the thing that we 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 do have to acknowledge here is that look, and even Jerry Depoto said this when he was on our show that you're going to get some blow up starts out of Marco. You're going to get the starts like we saw against the Angels in his first start of spring training, and then you're going to get like. 18 to 22 quality starts over the course of the season he can be really effective it's just there's no sort of consistency there's no sort of reliability here with marco there's none of that and we'll get into what else is coming down the pipeline what you know who else could factor into this number five spot eventually over the course of the season uh but it's just it's hard not to feel like marco even though he's going to start the year in the rotation is ultimately on his way out. Yeah. Um, Bryce Miller will be in this rotation by Memorial day. So, um, yeah, I, I I think, you know, the writing's on the wall for Marco. Uh, there's always a possibility he turns back the clock and he's 2020 Marco. And then all of a sudden we can have a really fun conversation because then we're talking about, you know, we have a one through five. We feel really good about because in 2020, 2020, Marco, he was a legit number three starter yeah. um, in a, in any rotation. He was that good. Um, and if that's the case, which I don't think it will be, but hypothetically, if that were the case, now we're talking about let's move Bryce Miller to the bullpen for a couple months at the end. Let's move Perlander Burrow to the bullpen for a couple months at the end. And now all of a sudden we're talking about the Mariners going from Marco for five, and then they're going to Miller, Brash, Munoz, Baroa, and like game over, right? Uh, So I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, If Flexen is traded, Marco could transition to the bullpen. I don't think they would just DFA Marco. I I wouldn't say it's impossible, but I don't think it's likely. I think they still value him. He's another guy. He is, you know, he's a consummate professional. He really works hard. Um, he goes over the scouting reports. He's constantly self-scouting. He did add a slider uh, this this winter, and that is a pitch that could actually help him miss a few more bats, which is something Marco desperately needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to say it's impossible for Marco to survive the year because Marco's you know proven us wrong so many times in the past, but the last two years have not been good. Bryce Miller is essentially major league ready, and right now it's just kind of about managing his innings uh, so that he doesn't you know he doesn't need to to miss two weeks in September or whatever. Um, or you don't have to move him to the bullpen because he's, he's spent his bullets. Right. So once Miller's ready to go, they feel like they can manage his innings without hurting the the team throughout the regular season. He's going to be in this rotation. Um, and I think that's going to probably be by the end of May. So we'll see. Like I'm rooting for Marco, but it, it, we have to see a lot more than we have the last two years. And I mean, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Marco is uh, expecting a child uh, sometime in April, so he might have to miss a start. That's probably going to be Chris Flexen who makes that start on bullpen day, whatever. Um, But I I would assume that even if Flexen is around, if Flexen doesn't get traded here within the next couple weeks or even, you know, after the regular season starts, uh, that the next man up is Bryce Miller. Uh, Whether things go well with Marco really or, or not, because Miller just seems to be that good to essentially, even if Marco is performing fine, let's not say, let's say, you know, not great, but you know, fine. Just kind of down, down the middle here. Low four ERA and FIP. Yeah. I think, I think Miller is still good enough to push Marco out of the rotation, even at that point. Um, Right. There's been a lot of hype 
around Bryce Miller this this offseason. Most of it coming from the Mariners too. So like this Most, isn't just like yeah. you know Joe Doyle really likes him so like we're hyping him up like no the the Mariners are very high on Bryce Miller. Yeah. I mean Jerry Depoto essentially said that he's our best prospect on mm-hmm. our show. Like he yeah. when we expect him to be a huge impact for our 2023 ball club. Right. So the Mariners are really high on Miller and they should be at just like you should be. It's just unfortunate when it is almost certainly going to come at the expense of Marco, but you never know. Injuries do happen. It's not the worst thing in the world to have a guy like Marco uh, in your bullpen or or in the back end of your rotation and and stuff like that. So I don't want, I don't want to push off Marco, uh, but he is going to start the year as the number five. I would be, shocked if he finished the year as the number five um you know it's it's kind of a bummer but sentimentality doesn't win the american league west right so we'll see what happens but so circling back here to miller again you know a lot of hype around him but you know it it does feel unfair to set very high expectations on someone so young that hasn't even pitched above the double a level uh up to this point um it really only has, you know, just not a ton of innings at double A either, right? Like it hasn't, you know, he he doesn't have a ton of experience. He was drafted just a couple of years ago, but big fastball. We've seen the, you know, the the two slider grips and all this stuff. Um, and we've seen him in games and he's been dominating in, in spring training. Uh, it's hard not to get excited. And especially when you pair that, when you compound that with, the Mariners pitching development, their track record after seeing Logan Gilbert and now George Kirby. It's hard not to feel like this guy can make a legitimate impact right away. Like the way that Jerry DePoto has been talking about. And so mm-hmm. at that point, is it too far to say that if we actually do see the best uh, that Bryce Miller can be at this point, that this could be that he could take them from being a really good top 10 rotation to like, top three rotation in baseball no okay that's that's certainly something that miller is equipped to do um again without wanting to put undue pressure on the guy uh i would not be shocked at all if miller came up and had a george kirby like effect i I don't want to say he'll repeat kirby's numbers um because i still think kirby is a little bit better of a pitching prospect than miller is um but I think you can have that effect where everybody kind of gets the slot down a little bit because you add this mid rotation guy in the middle of the year and he didn't cost you anything. You didn't have to go give up no LV Marte to get him. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I, I think you can. And I think if, if we get to the end of the year and it's Castillo, Ray, Kirby, Gilbert, Miller, and they're all healthy, that is the type of rotation that wins world series. So yeah. agree. we'll yeah. see. That's uh, a long way to go. And we know that guys are probably going to miss some time here and there. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. But yeah. if they can get to a point where all five of those guys are pitching at the same time, you know, in a rotation uh, at the end of the year or for an extended period of time, even they're going to catch the Astros and they're going to win the West and they're going to host multiple playoff games at T-Mobile because that rotation is downright filthy. Yeah. If, if Miller is what we think he can be, just an, utterly disgusting rotation truly just yep. gross like it's it's so good like there's a possibility here i'm not gonna say that it's a very likely possibility but there's a possibility here that robbie ray is your worst pitcher <laughs> rice miller's as good as as we think that he could be 
Like, yeah, it's it's a possibility. Yeah, that's that's scary. <laughs> that's just that's scary to think about for mm-hmm. any opposing lineup out there. It doesn't matter if you're the Astros, if you're the Phillies, it doesn't matter. Having and to it, go up against that rotation in a yeah. seven game series is going to be a nightmare. Because there's a pretty good chance in a seven game set you're going to move Logan Gilbert to the bullpen or, or Bryce Miller to the bullpen. Or Bryce Miller like, to the bullpen. Yeah. Or Robbie Ray, maybe you're not going to get you know the number five guy in a series like that. But yeah, yeah, it, it's it has the potential to be really scary. And and honestly, bullpen might not be that far behind. And that is what we call a tease. Boom. Oh, See you tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow bullpen preview going to be doing the infielders and catchers in an episode and then we're going to be doing the outfielders talking some julio talking some teo talking jared kelnick of course you guys i'm sure you guys want us to talk some jared kelnick we're going to be doing that uh later on this week uh just to pull back the curtain a little bit we're recording this on on thursday march 16th again like i said we're going to be recording a lot of these shows ahead of time uh because i'm going to be in vegas next week Maybe by the time that you're watching this, I'll be in Vegas. So we're going to be uh, recording these all ahead of time. And uh, hopefully they're all relevant <laughs> by the time that they drop still. Just fingers crossed on that. Knowing our luck, though, something will probably happen. Uh, but that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And my co-host Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day. And we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.